Welcome, everybody, to Becoming a Critical Health Thinker. You're listening to Episode 33, Processed Foods Are Not a Food Group. Hi, I'm Becky Campos, and I've been making my way through three concepts that assisted me in reclaiming my health from two grim diagnoses, the philosophy of health, the attitude of health, and the strategy of health saved my life. And so I've been introducing the strategy of health and specifically the law of nutrition. And in episode 32, I introduced you to foods for life and began to answer the question, what should we eat? It's the number one question I received and have been receiving for the last 20 years ever since I reclaimed my health. Well, I shared with you the foods I consumed to reclaim my health and still consume today. Foods for life, structure to my being, bioavailable, grown, whole, entire, and living foods. And in today's podcast, I will introduce you to the world of processed foods and what we shouldn't eat. Well, did you know that processed foods are not a food group? Oh yeah, I wouldn't say that I would have claimed that processed foods were a food group back in my unhealthy days, but you wouldn't have known this by looking into my pantry, fridge, or freezer, or anywhere else I stored food. I did live as though processed foods were a food group. And guess what? If you walk through any conventional grocery store, It won't take long before you can witness the fact that here in our beautiful United States, we live like processed foods are a food group. While millions of Americans have been raised on processed foods to one extent or another, five generations have been born and lived to witness the explosion of modern history and transformation of our culture and foods, from local farming to industrial farming, from mercantile stores to large corporate grocery chains, from gardens to restaurants and from butcher shops to mass-produced industrial animal farming. The traditionalist or silent generation, baby boomer generation X, uh, generation X and millennials, and now GZ, have inherited the changes in our food supply that make up our standard American diet. It was the baby boomer generation that saw the most innovation as packaged convenient foods exploded on the American scene. The next three generations, Generation X, Millennials, and GZ, will have at their fingertips every kind of processed food imaginable available to them. Even if mothers resolve themselves to feeding their children healthy foods at home, as these kids make their way through adolescence, teen, and young adult years, in reality, processed foods are not avoidable. They are served at schools, at their friends' homes, extracurricular activities and events, so much so that these foods literally become a food group in their lives. It is a rare household that has not been affected by the processed food industry. Feeding the world is something I've been fascinated by ever since I reclaimed my health and mastered lifestyle medicine and certainly the law of nutrition. And so um, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about it over the last 20 years. And so imagine being in charge of this great work. 
worlddemeter.com is a website that provides statistics about the world's population, food supply, water, soil, energy, and healthcare cost. And according to World Demeter and Population Reviewer, there are 7.9 billion people residing on the earth. Without food manufacturers, feeding the world becomes at the least ancient again and pre-industrial and at the most impossible. Food manufacturers are innovative creators that provide us with much more than food. They provide humanity with a system of supply and demand. Here I am not saying all manufacturers provide good food, but that without them, our food supply would be drastically reduced to less quantity and certainly less quality. We don't have to look back too far to see that before global and local food manufacturing, feeding the world was more than painstaking laborious work. It was also limited. Can you imagine having to grow all your own food? Now, I could probably grow some things even here in Peoria, Arizona, but I couldn't possibly grow most of the foods I can consume today. And I'm thinking about uh, how easy it might be to grow lettuces or melons or maybe cucumbers, some tomatoes. But what about my carob bean that I need, my carob powder that I need for my cupcakes? And what about my veginase, which I can't make? And what about my um, pinot beans or brown rice or any of the wonderful foods that I consume today, my yams, and what about whole, 100% whole wheat that I can use to make some whole wheat pancakes and all of these foods that I can use to make the wonderful whole food recipes that I've been consuming for 20 years. What about my lentils and my tortilla soup, my spinach dip and all of these particular foods that I have learned to love and enjoy. And so I am personally amazed by the food industry and the knowledge in the creation that man has discovered to produce the variety and quantities in our food supply that other generations would have only dreamt of. So I'm very careful to move through this podcast with respect and honor for this great work and also provide clear, concise, and accurate distinctions between healthy food processing and unhealthy food processing. Now, there are different levels of food processing that we're going to be talking about. Not all food processing is accomplished in the same manufacturing manner. Making a distinction between them will be helpful in your journey to becoming a critical health thinker. There are countless of manufacturing processes that must be accomplished before our foods arrive on a grocery store shelf. All foods are processed to some extent for the sake of safety, packaging, labeling, inspection, sorting, transportation, and delivery. Pollock.com 
com spelled P-O-L-L-O-C-K and foodprocessing.com and APEC Automatic Processing Equipment are some amazing websites I have kept with me and follow because I have learned so much about the food processing industry through these beautiful websites. And I have been overwhelmed again by the knowledge in this industry. It's really easy to judge the industry harshly when you are a health conscious individual and rightly so in some instances, but we can make our way through the levels of food processing, thinking critically about each one and arrive at the wonder of it all. You can find both healthy and unhealthy and even dangerous processed foods in the manufacturing industry. And our work as critical health thinkers is to make our way through these realities. Well, a good way to do this is to first define them. Defining processed foods is going to be extremely helpful. Second, describe them and categorize them. And then third, learn to consume them responsibly. So here I want to define processed foods in two ways with two different definitions. I love to layer definitions from different resources in order to arrive at a memorable definition. And so I really like these two particular ones that I have been using. So according to the USDA, processed foods are defined as, quote, any raw agriculture commodity that has been subject to washing, cleaning, milling, cutting, chopping, heating, pasteurizing, blanching, cooking, canning, freezing, drying, dehydrating, mixing, packaging, or other procedures that alter the food from its natural state. This may include the addition of other ingredients to the food, such as preservatives, flavors, nutrients, and other food additives, or substances approved for use in food products, such as salt, sugars, and fats. So by definition, most times we engage in preparation and cooking, we are, in fact, processing food." Unquote. Well, I really like the way they make the connection between our food preparation and how indeed when we prepare foods, when we bring them home and start chopping and cutting and, and cooking, that we're actually processing our food as well. And so I thought that was pretty interesting there. Wikipedia has a great definition as well. A little bit more simpler, but I really like it. Quote, food processing is the transformation of agricultural products into food or of one form of food into other foods, unquote. And I really like the word transformation here because that is really what is taking place. Just like it was extremely important for me to discover what I should be eating to reclaim my health from too grim diagnosis, it was also equally, and I have to say, emphasis on equally important for me to learn and discover what it is that I should not be eating. 
Well, guess what? I had no idea how problematic processed foods were in my life, how much they were interfering with my body's self-healing, self-cleansing, and self-rejuvenating capabilities. And we're going to be uh, discovering all of that in uh, the next few podcasts as we continue into the Law of Nutrition. And I'll cover a little bit of that here in this podcast as well. Well, next, we want to describe and categorize the four levels of food processing by food manufacturers as I learned them in those early days. Well, first, non-processed whole foods have not been subjected to any food processing, kept in their most natural state. They are distributed without any alteration to the food itself. Good examples are brown rice, beans, raisins, lettuces, fruits, vegetables, and nuts. These foods may be sold in some form of packaging. However, their packaging does not alter their natural state. And second, minimally processed foods are foods that have been kept or the least uh, processed, these foods are processed safely and carefully, keeping their nutrient content intact to the best of the manufacturer's ability. Good examples are frozen fruits and vegetables, packaged prepared vegetables such as shredded cabbage, canned beans and oats, and naturally raised eggs and meats. Today, there are more health conscious food companies whose uh, mission is to create and market healthy food products. And uh, conventional food corporations are starting to consider health conscious consumers as mainstream and therefore offering their versions of minimally processed foods. Well then third, moderately processed foods are foods processed from plant and animal based foods into other foods. Good examples are butter, cheese, yogurt, tomatoes, made into tomato sauce or paste, marinara sauce, nut butters, grains, flours, and natural meats. Other ingredients are often added to create an extension of the original food. And then fourth, highly processed foods. Oh my, this is where we're going to spend the rest of our podcast time and uh, and so highly processed foods are manufactured for convenience did you know it and are highly palatable I'm sure you already know inexpensive to make and highly marketed their high artificial fat sugar and salt content make them remarkably delicious and addictive here we want to equate the word highly processed with numerous manufacturing, stripping, separating, bleaching, coloring, dyeing, additives, emulsifying, blending, softening, creaming and beating, artificially preserving and texturizing. This level of food processing is anything but natural. These foods originate from whole foods in it of themselves, complex by nature, but manufactured and broken down to their most simplest forms, altered together so much so that they are no longer structured to our being, arriving in the human digestive system empty, not only of nutrition, but empty of wisdom and sustenance, 
powerless, my friend, to assist the human design in creating health, but instead negatively burdening and taxing cell function and our internal systems, making their way rapidly and speedily through our digestive system with no purpose except to satisfy hunger. Well, guess what? It rarely does satisfy hunger. And so to add insult to injury, highly processed foods are often enriched with isolated man-made vitamins and minerals, replacing their natural vitamin and mineral content lost during their manufacturing. These isolated compounds are definitely insufficient in nourishing the human design, especially since the food itself is not structured to our being. So these highly processed foods are a combination of many man-made additives that may be defined as grass, as generally recognized as safe by the Food and Drug Administration. And although a particular grass additive may be recognized as safe to use to create a particular food product, they have not or cannot be tested in collaboration with the thousands of other food additives, man-made chemicals, and synthetics in other highly processed foods one may be consuming. Nor can we know how these compounds interact with the other countless chemical exposures we encounter on a daily basis through hygiene, household products, and environmental products. And this has been the great concern to health experts and critical health thinkers. And if you recall in episode 25, uh, I introduced you to cell communication. And really, that is one of the greatest things to keep in mind here is that these types of man-made artificial foods with all of their additives, all of their thousands of additives that are being in combination uh, produced by our food manufacturers and then sold at the grocery store, put them all together over a long period of time and we will overwhelm our um, internal systems. And we'll talk more about that in the law of cleansing and fasting. But here what we want to keep in mind is that these generally recognized as safe um, foods or uh, additives by the Food and Drug Administration may be safe in small quantities for small periods of time and, and uh, short periods of consumption, but that's not in really what uh, we're experiencing as a culture. What we're experiencing is actually an overconsumption of these uh, man-made um, highly processed foods which introduce man-made highly chill um, substances and therefore our uh, immune system, our digestive system, and all of our internal systems and cell communication will be interrupted in one way or another. And so a great book that takes a look at this concern up close and personal is The End of Overeating by Dr. David A. Kessler, MD. He is the former FDA commissioner known for exposing the tobacco industry. And he has taken on another business that's making Americans sick, the food industry. In his book, he shows us how our brain chemistry has been hijacked by the foods we most love to eat. And those are the foods that contain stimulating combinations of fat, sugar, 
and salt and uh, of course all kinds of other additives. The book is really an investigative report of the highly processed man-made chemically bound foods created by corporate food companies and restaurant chain suppliers solely for taste and revenue. He's an expert in his field and has made the connection between these highly processed foods and how they negatively affect our brain chemistry. As he explains in an introduction to his book on May 6, 2009. Now you can find this on YouTube. You'll just search for his book, The End of Overeating, and it will give you a few um videos to uh, choose from but I really really like the one where it's just about four minutes long and you will really love it and so I'll just share with you just a little bit of his quote there quote the food industry wants to sell its product he says what we now know is that many of those products are hijacking our brains for many people millions of people once they start eating it's very hard to stop that millions of people who will self-report loss of control on the face of highly palatable foods, lack of satiation, lack of feeling full, preoccupation with thinking about food between meals. What has happened is that the food industry has learned to put together what looks like food. Very highly processed, it's not there for nutrition, and it doesn't satisfy us, but it captures us unquote i really love that quote it captures us and i believe that's exactly what happened to me and to millions of others i was captivated by the um, food the processed food industry for many many years in my life while in those early days i learned that highly processed foods are not haphazardly created but that they are scientifically calculated with the assistance of food panel experts, scientists, marketing experts to explore every single component of their creations down to exactly how much sugar, salt, fat, texture, color, quantity will it take to cause the person to return to eating this food, to become really, I guess, addicted to it so that you never get enough of it. Really, that is what I discovered in those early days. And uh, Dr. David Kessler is not one of my pioneer resources, but he has added layers of understanding about highly processed artificial and manufactured foods that has kept me highly fascinated in the subject. While you must check out his work besides this book, he also has a variety of YouTube videos and like I mentioned, I love his four minute and two second videos introducing his book, The End of Overeating. This book is a great resource for further study, so I hope you check it out. Well, artificial man-made processed foods line every grocery store aisle, frozen and refrigerator section. And I recall in those early days after starting to think critically about all things health and making the decision to stop consuming food, not structured to my being, after being diagnosed with a grim diagnosis and going to my grocery store and for the first time noticing that there were entire aisles devoted to these artificial foods. 
the canned good aisle. There is a lot of highly processed food in the canned good aisle, box food aisle, cookie and cracker aisle, potato chip aisle, candy aisle, frozen food aisles, ice cream aisle, baked good aisles, and soda and beverage aisles. Each of those have a, a whole entire aisle devoted to them. So you can make your way to the front of the store, walk through one of those aisles, all through the middle of the store, and end up at the back end of the store. And that's how long that particular aisle is. And all of these highly processed foods just line um, those shelves um, from one end of the store to another. And so you can imagine, I was standing there wondering what I was going to eat. Artificial foods not structured to our being created mostly for profit by large corporations are an enormous part of the American food supply. Now here is the irony of the artificial processed foods and quite frankly, you'll find this about many kinds of highly processed foods. There on the packaging label, you will find a description of the chemical bound content in the ingredients list along with some health terms to encourage you to purchase the product. For example, if you pick up one any candy uh, in the candy aisle, um, a popular candy may say ingredients list tell us that the candy is made up of sugar, high fructose corn syrup, hydrogenated palm kernel oil, less than 2% citric acid, and then maybe some apple juice concentrated, some modified cornstarch, natural and artificial flavors and colors like red number 40, yellow number 5, yellow number 6, and blue number 1. And guess what? Right beneath these ingredients, it will say that it is gluten-free. Well, my friend, I chose the most commonly known food additive on the market to mention. Now you can only imagine the thousands of chemicals, preservatives, colors, emulsifiers, bleaches added to highly processed foods, both directly and indirectly, often through their packaging with the intent of extending their shelf life. And so I love CSPI, it's the Center for Science in the Public Interest, and I wish I could spend some time uh, telling you all about them, but I hope that you make your way to their website at centerforscienceinthepublicinterest.com or CSPI. They provide practical science-based advice to consumers interested in nutrition, food safety and health, and leads in advocacy for healthier food environments in communities nationwide. And they have a significant amount of information about the dangerous effects on artificial dyes and food colors added to our food supply. And I like in particular their document and project uh, titled Food Dyes, A Rainbow of Risk. And I love that title because it's so memorable. I've never forgotten it. And they cover a lot of material, carcinogenicity, neurotoxicity, genotoxicity, and how these compounds uh, affect our human design. And I really like their work. And so you can probably go on to CSPI.com or uh, Center for uh, Science in the Public Interest and uh, search for them and a rainbow of risk dice. Uh, 
food dyes, a rainbow risk, and then take a look at the document. Now, myself, I love to download, print, and save it, or actually just download it and keep it on my uh, Mac. And so you might want to do that, you might not, but it will be a good thing to take a look at it. Not all food additives are dangerous or unnecessary, but most are. The Center for Science in the Public Interest is a consumer advocate with a history of petitioning government officials to address dangerous and unhealthy practices in the food industry and steer the work towards replacing these practices with healthier ones, such as eliminating and replacing artificial food dyes like color, red number 40, yellow number 5, and 6 with natural coloring using beets, carrots, and grapes or turmeric. Well, one of my favorite places to shop for my food supply has achieved this work fabulously, offering products such as naturally preserved pepperoncini, pickles, olives, tomato sauce, organic canned beans, cereals, plant-based sweeteners, whole foods of every kind, and specialize in providing the best and most inexpensive produce. I especially love their whole food vitamin section where I can purchase my probiotics and whole food vitamins. This is my local Sprouts Farmers Market. And guess what? You can go to about.com sprouts.com and follow their history timeline and story. I love it. I think it is fabulous. And so I'll just quote from their history on their website. And uh, when you get to the uh, website, you want to click on about us and it should lead you to their history. Well, one of the things that they are so proud of, quote, says, people thought we were crazy when we wouldn't sell the country's top selling soda, snacks, and candy. But we believed that eating clean and living healthy was more than just a trend. And so um, it says that it becomes their passion. And I love this other uh, quote, no more ingredient list featuring 40 unpronounceable chemicals. And most of all, no more spending an entire paycheck for food from the uh, honest effort of a farmer, not a factory." Unquote. I specifically love their distribution center now open in Aurora, Colorado, and it gives you just a, a huge insight to who they are, and uh, you can search for that on their website. And um, it's a pretty good video and you should watch it or you can probably search for it on YouTube. If you're interested, now I, I understand not everybody's interested in all of these particulars, but I think that the more knowledge that you have in the area of uh, processed foods or whatever the subject may be in becoming a critical health thinker, the more understanding that we have and gain and acquire, then the more that this knowledge can hold you accountable for, uh, for staying the course, right? And so we talked about this in uh, five critical uh, health thinking skills about accountability and using the knowledge that you attain uh, as you become a critical health thinker to uh, keep you accountable. It is my best accountability partner. And so I hope that uh, 
you make that connection for yourself as I have and uh, it will make all the difference in the world, I promise. Well, you can imagine I had to make my way through exiting the sad, the standard American diet loaded with not just unhealthy but dangerous artificial foods to master the law of nutrition. And it wasn't easy, I must confess, to leave my processed world behind, especially the world of highly processed sugars at first. But once I calculated how much of these foods I had consumed over my lifetime and what they were really made of, I was able to part with them for a better, more excellent, nutrient-dense, high in fiber and cleansing waters, natural vitamins and minerals, antioxidants, enzymes, healthy fats, sugars, and sodium diet. And I have never looked back. While making the connection between the consumption of these artificial imitation synthetic components in these foods with the diseases of affluence is no small matter. Heart disease, cancer, diabetes, syndromes, non-alcoholic fatty liver, immune syndromes, lupus, MS, chronic fatigue, and fibromyalgia, unexplained symptoms, and Alzheimer's. These are all diseases of the Western world, what we call the diseases of affluence. The more highly processed foods are consumed over a long period of time, the more susceptible to these diseases a person is prone to be. Thinking critically about our food supply is really the only way out of the processed food world. It was thinking critically through all things food that assisted me in exiting my unhealthy world. And although I'm making my journey available to listeners presuppositionally and systematically, I had to go through it one day at a time, as my husband mentioned in our episode uh, 28, uh, What Happens to You Happens to Me. I mean, we really did. We just took one day at a time, mastering one food at a time, one recipe at a time, and strategically mastering the law of nutrition. And guess what? I am well aware that I had a compelling reason in the grim diagnosis I received 20 years ago that caused iron to enter my soul, which led me to master consuming foods for life and to exit the world of highly man-made, manufactured, artificial processed foods. And that my listeners may not, thankfully, be in my predicament, so that there is not the same Uh, intensity and gravity, seriousness and magnitude to exit the processed food world. And so I want to close this podcast as I start to close it up here with a wonderful quote that I found in a book that I'm reading called Writings of Hippocrates. And uh, he's the famous um, Greek philosopher known for his uh, work in the Hippocratic School of Medicine, which he founded. And uh, this intellectual school revolutionized medicine in ancient Greece, establishing it as a discipline distinct from other fields with which it had traditionally been associated, and thus establishing medicine as a profession. And so 
Oh my, I wish we could talk about Hippocrates, but um, we'll save that for another podcast. But he has about, or the book has about a hundred or more quotes that he uh, that are attributed to him. And uh, number twenty-two is just to me a really great quote and is appropriate here. And so here's what it says: "Quote, diseases which arise from repletion are cured by depletion." And those that arise from depletion are cured by repletion. And in general, diseases are cured by their contraries. I love that quote. And here, what it really means is that repletion is a condition of being abundantly supplied or filled with overfulness resulting from excessive eating and drinking and surplus. And that was the first half of my life. Uh, I was uh, in a state of repletion um, with a surplus of all of the wrong foods and especially highly processed foods. And so my body was in a state of nutrient depletion therefore and I had to do the contrary and blitz my body with nutrition while removing from my food supply every bit of dangerous highly processed man-made manufactured foods this made all the difference in the world well Hippocrates has a way of capturing your mind with words that are fitly spoken So here we can safely say that removing the consumption of these highly processed foods not structured to our being altogether is part of the answer to assist reversing the disease process or for the sake of prevention. Well, no worries. The law of nutrition to the rescue, my friend. We are making our way to Oh, so many subjects that will be on the Law of Nutrition for quite some time. We will be covering status, foods for life, complex carbohydrates, proteins, fats, animal-based foods, plant-based foods, raw and cooked foods, fiber for life, simple health ratios, simple health measures, reading labels, and isolated versus whole food supplements, and finally, the great food exchange and you won't be disappointed you joined me well we have arrived at this podcast critical health thinking skill or application well first in this podcast i introduced the subject of processed foods the way that i learned them from my research back in those early days but i highly recommend you go to educhange.com or search Nova Food Classification System and familiarize yourself with Dr. Carlos Montero's work. Dr. Carlos Montero is Professor of Nutrition and Public Health at the University of Sao Paulo, Brazil, and head of the University Center for Epidemiological Studies in Health and Nutrition. And his research is Uh, amazing. And uh, I won't go too much into it because we're just coming to the end of this podcast. But he is well known for his work 
Nova Food Classification System. And uh, as always, you can download it or at least take a look at it and you will not be disappointed uh, that you did. And so he has so much information on this, memorable information and video video on YouTube and uh, you can search for him. But specifically, I would look for the document on the Nova Food Classification System. And then second, purchase some blue painter's tape, cut it into one inch pieces and mark any products in your pantry, fridge and freezer that you suspect to fall under the category of highly processed foods, not structured to your being. You will be amazed at how ahead or behind you are in mastering the law of nutrition and so make a plan to remove and replace highly processed foods with unprocessed foods minimally and moderately processed whole foods structured to your being there are better products being manufactured today more than when i first started now exiting the processed food world is not as simple as simply throwing out your dangerous unhealthy processed foods but that was a start for me little did i know that these foods that are so beloved and part of our culture permeate every part of our lifestyles so much so that they have become a status symbol they are a part of the American life and we love it. But no worries, I will introduce you to foods to live for. Structured to our being, you can replace your highly processed foods with and you will never look back. But first, please join me for episode 34 as I introduce you to status foods for life. And as always, it is my hope that after all your listening, you will experience how simple health really is. <music>